Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time to change the world with Matt McQuinley. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, canceling cancel culture, discussing and listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, business, history, and more. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Good evening, and we're here today with Marianne Bennett, who's trying to change the world in her own way, and we're going to let her... uh, We are going to let her empower us with her knowledge, but uh, just as a quick introduction, she's an entrepreneur, a mother, a wife. She's got a bachelor's of health uh, in science and nutrition and uh, dietetic medicine. Uh, She's a certified hypnotherapist. She can uh, uh, interpret DNA uh, once the test results come back, and she's what's called a culinary genomics uh, she she stu- she does that, which means she actually uh, is able to tell you how the food you eat would influence your genes and their expression uh, uh, for health purposes. She's also the member of several uh, professional associations, but I don't want to go on too much because we've got such so little time and so much to learn and so much that we can help ourselves. So, Mary, uh, thank you very much for being here today. Uh, Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. And you just got back from a fishing trip, I guess. Uh, yeah, just spent uh, 10 days over at Venus Bay on the Air Peninsula. The most amazing little spot. Only a population of about 1,000 people, but the most amazing scenery. And we came home with about 8 kilos of King George Whiting. So mm. we're pretty excited about that. Which I think is full of omega-3s and... Omega-6, which will mm-hmm. help your brain function, which is positive. Yeah. And uh, I, thought, I thought you had a river in your home when you came home, too. Uh, yes, uh, we hit uh, the southern suburbs where we live um, just as the, uh, as the storm hit on uh, Saturday afternoon. And uh, we had a lake in our backyard. Mm. We literally had to stop on the side of the road five minutes from home because the rain was so heavy we couldn't see a foot in front of us and there was like river just running down the street and it was like mm. fortunately it didn't last very long and the 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 drainage drained the water away but yes everything was pretty wet mm. and, but you didn't think you had any chance at whiting in there so you didn't no no maybe some in. maybe some 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 dirt whiting okay <laughs> all right well you know before we get into uh you know the importance of nutrition and i mean everybody's mother tells them oh you have to eat healthy blah 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 you know and we all know that's important but we're going to talk a little bit about why and how because it's really interesting actually but before we dig into that let's uh your story itself is very interesting can you tell us about how you got to where you are now um you know if you go back you know i was one of six children, you know, grew up low-income family, one uh, with parents that didn't really know, you know, in northern suburbs of Adelaide, you know, domestic violence. It's where they put all the low-income families, the refugees, and no offence to refugees, had some amazing friends. Um, but life was tough. Um, one in three girls in the 70s um, and 80s ended up pregnant and, you know, my mum had five daughters so she knew one of them would be one of her daughters. Well, that was me. I had two kids by the time I was 19. 
Um, by the time I was 21, I was on um, marriage number two um, to husband number two and life was, life was okay. Um, we moved to Darwin. I had two more kids, came back to Dar- from Ad- Darwin to Adelaide, got divorced and thought life was pretty bad. Um, and, and then it changed. I met my current husband. We've been together 21 years and life got really great until it didn't. Um, after 30 years in the cleaning industry, my health went down the tube. I got diagnosed with celiac disease, um, with diverticulosis, with fibromyalgia. Um, I'd had chronic migraines for years and, um, doctors really had no, no answers, um, to what was going on. So I spent, um, five years surfing Dr. Google, trying to find out what was going on myself, saw practitioners, um, and really wasn't getting anywhere. Um, so, Driving, still doing cleaning back then, you know, fortunately hubby had a good job. Hubby had worked the same job for years, so I was able to cut my workload back, but I was still working a couple of days a week and I was driving along and heard an advert for come and study nutrition. So the year I turned 50 in 2014, um, I enrolled to go to uni to study study nutrition because I figured um, I would, I'd learn if the doctors couldn't heal me, if the practitioners really had no idea, well, I I'd had to learn for myself. I had to heal because at 45, I wasn't prepared for what the specialist said was just take medication and live with it for the rest of your life. Mm. So let's get this straight. So you, uh, so you were, had your second marriage by the time you were 19 and two or three children by then, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And then what's for, for the audience, what's celiac disease? I don't think there, a lot of us would be familiar with that. Um, I, celiac disease is where you, um, the body reacts to gluten. Mm-hmm. All the gra- the 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 proteins in 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 wheat and and grains, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't actually um, it actually damages the insides of your intestines. Mm-hmm. So it basically kills off the little fingerling things in the intestines, and then mm-hmm. you you basically can't absorb nutrients. Okay. So I I'd, I'd probably had it my whole life and didn't really know about it. Um, and so yeah, I'd been really sick. So that would probably make you pretty lethargic if you can't absorb the. The, the proper nutrients. Mm. Am, am I correct on that? Or yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's how it happens. Is that because what because the intestines are damaged, they then can't absorb nutrients. Mm. And I didn't know because I, you know, I'd worked varying, very, I'd worked shift work. I had four kids. I had a, you know, at one point no husband for a while. So I was just, you know, and I to cope with life, I ate junk food and you know drank copious amounts of Bundaberg rum and coke mm. to 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 get through the stress and to help me sleep. So. Mm. I didn't know that that was I, – I thought that was the issue. Mm-hmm. You know, it turns out it wasn't. It turns out there was something else going on. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's also hereditary, so I, I didn't know that either. So, so fibro, uh, fibromyalgia is something you always hear about on television. There's a, uh, a you know fundraiser for it or whatever, mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't know what it is. So what's that? Well, fibromyalgia is a um, condition by where you have a varying range of symptoms that can range from – chronic pain, uh, insomnia, um, muscle aches, you know, inability to actually move. Um, and it's all – they now know. I mean, you know, it can, can range – range. most uh, – the people that get it are for, women 40 to 50. It's the average age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I when, I when I first got – first um, found out about it, I'd been going to the doctors by then for years and the doctors didn't know what it was. And it was 
Hubby and I were sitting. There's a there's an amazing section in the Sunday Mail that's still in there. It's the body and soul section. If anyone does, you know, it's been a long term reader. And they always used to have these health articles in there, and I always used to read them. Hubby would go and get the Sunday Mail on the Sunday morning and get go and get bacon and eggs, and then he'd cook and I'd sit and read the paper. There was an article in there, you know, fibromyalgia, you know, this chronic syndrome, and I sat and read it and went, "Oh my god!" I said to my husband, "I said." The doctors don't know what's going on. This is it. This is what's wrong with me. So I, I, I was, I actually diagnosed myself with it. I went saw a specialist, and he said, "Yeah, that's what you've got." But when I asked him what I could do, he said, "Oh, we can try this drug, or we can try that drug, and if that doesn't work, well, then you know." I said, "What?" And when I said to him, "What else can I do?" He said, "Nothing really. Um, most people end up bedridden." And I was actually shocked. Mm, yeah, the. the <laughs> <laughs> I've had similar experiences with doctors myself, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Uh, in a not in a ha ha way, but in a oh my gosh way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. So so to recap, you had uh, you're you're about you spent between forty five and fifty. You spent five years trying to figure out what was wrong with mm-hmm. you. You came up. You know, you found out you had celiac disease. You had fibromyalgia, uh, a couple other issues. How much money were you spending on? trying to solve all these things and 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 what what yeah it it was funny because like every every time i found something new or a different practitioner or something i thought might work i'd come home and hubby i'd say i found this new thing and he would roll his eyes at me and go well how much is that going to cost because i think all up when we tallied it up i we spent about 20 to twenty five thousand over the period of five years going to doctors and specialists and then natural health practitioners and 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 trying all sorts of different things because you know i was i was young i was young Mm -hmm. i mean i had when i got diagnosed with fibromyalgia when i was 45 my youngest daughter was only 15 Mm. i already and by the time i was 15 um, my youngest daughter was 15 i had three grandkids i Mm. had a i had a uh, i had a 10 year old granddaughter and three-year-old twin grandchildren i Mm -hmm. had three grandkids it's like well i wasn't ready to just lay down and go to and and be bedridden like Mm. I wanted to fight. I wanted to find the answer. And so you decided at the age of 50 to go to school to try to find the answers that way. Yes, and that was a challenge. You know, you got, I got a premise that, I mean, you know, I, I did say, you know, I had two kids by the time I was 19. Well, I left school at 16 and a half pregnant. Mm-hmm. I hadn't studied since I was 16. So imagine, go, you know, making the decision to go to university mm-hmm. and then after having done it and went, what am I, what am I thinking? Like I haven't studied. You know, I had all of these symptoms still, you know, like I had brain fog, I couldn't concentrate, I couldn't sleep. And I'm going, well, how am I going to study? But I managed it. I managed it. And I, it was just mind-blowing then what I learnt um, in that four, then those four years. Wow. And what, what are one of the th- what's one of the things you learned in those four years? Um, one of the, one of the first things that I learned going, you know, about, um, the human body is that it's, it does a really good job of trying to keep us healthy Mm. despite all the bad things that we do to it, Mm -hmm. despite our bad diet, despite all the bad things that we do to it, it actually works really, really hard. Mm. Wow. So we're going to talk about some of the things that you've done. Now that we know your history, 
and your passion uh, to some extent. We're going to talk about how you can help people out and some of the things that you've learned uh, where people can help themselves out right after this. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. We're here with Marianne Bennett, nutritionist and uh, I would say nutritional warrior uh, who's dedicated to uh, helping people be more healthy. Uh, so you're very passionate about what you do, Marianne. Can you tell me why? And I guess um, I didn't get a lot of help from, you know, I, I, just, I struggled and I really didn't know when I was looking for someone to help me, I didn't know who it was. You know, going to uni was all about healing myself, but at some point along that four years, I realized that there were so many other people out there like me. There were so many people stuck in a place where they were getting sicker, not better. The system wasn't helping them. I mean, the doctors will keep you alive if you've got cancer, if you get hit by a truck. But when it comes to chronic illness, that they that it, it, there really is a big gap in the knowledge. You know, it's it's what can help you, you know. And I tried the medical system. I tried tried taking medication, and I only got worse. So, what I what I'm really passionate about now is that there is a lot of lack of information. Like we, people will go to the doctor, they'll say the blood tests are fine, everything's fine, but they really don't actually know how their body works. They really don't know what their hormones do. They don't know about gut function. It's do they know what they need to eat to make them healthy? Healthy eating is something that I assumed that everybody knew about. And I'm meeting clients in their 40s and 50s that have brought up children that don't know how to cook, mm. that don't know anything about healthy eating. I take them shopping to show them how to shop. And I go, well, what is it? You know, how can I help people? So I help, I now have clients, they come to me and I go to them. I call myself the health detective mm -hmm. because what I want to do is I want to put all the pieces of the health puzzle together and that's blood tests, that's things they've been through. It's probably tests that they've already had because a lot of people come to me and have already been through lots of practitioners and they've got all this testing and never really had an answer to what it all means. So I like to put it all together to and work out, well, what is the underlying, underlying what is going on underneath? Because that's what health's about, is that the body dysfunctions for a reason. Mm -hmm. Something is going on. We need to find out what that is. So I use all the information that they bring me to actually try and put the, all those pieces together. One of the, one of, and one of the things I'm passionate about um, is using genetics because along my health journey, um, I mean, I've got all these chronic health issues. I mean, my father died at 59 from a massive heart attack. My mother had heart issues. I've got autoimmune disease. I've got... Um, mental health disorders running rampant in my family. And what else, what could I do? I, I wanted to help my family. So I learned about my genes and I went, oh, my God, there it is, all written out, all, all mapped out in my, in my, in my genetic um, profile was all the reasons why I had six. On top of, of course, you can't change your genes because, because they are what you get from your parents. But what had influenced my genes and my chronic health journey was how I'd lived my life chronic stress, bad diet, too much alcohol, really never, ever looking after myself. So I now want to help other people to realise that 
they are in complete control of their health from mm. the day they from the day they uh, grow into adults and leave their parents' nest. That they can make a difference. Everything they do every day in their lives can make a difference to their health. So, um, and a lot of that is is through nutrition. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Just mm. uh, definitely. So, um, you mentioned that. Uh, there's that people just have no clue <laughs> about about the importance of healthy eating and all that and everybody says oh, i'll eat healthy why what are some specific things blow us away with with you know you know, you change this thing here and you can you might get this result there you know i mean like for example i know that that uh, omega 3s you know are really key for your brain function you know and, and also I think I think they can help you with your heart too, as well yes. if, from memory. I mean, there I know there are places in the world like Okinawa and uh, some of this. I think it's the steppes of Mongolia where people, you know, often you know uh, live over a hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, and men will father children in their eighties and and all this, and it's because of their diet. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I guess. You know, in Australia, that that what we what you know, you go you, where you where do you buy your food? I mean, we've certainly through the through the last thirty years is that we where the majority of people are indoctrinated to buy everything from the supermarket. You know, they wanted things that are quick and easy. If it's something that's in a packet, and it's it, something's I've got there's I saw this quote once that it said if it's Looks like a plant, eat it. If it's made in a plant, don't eat it, as in a factory. So I'm going, well, true, because, you know, we can have – buy something in a packet that says it's like tomatoes, but is it really a tomato? Is it it something you just picked off of a bush? Uh So what we're eating is food that is so far away – from what is actual food. I mean, I go to the supermarket and I see people, and I used to do it. I used to do it with my kids. I used to buy everything in a pack, anything that was quick and easy. Was it food? Mm, it was food-like substances, but it wasn't really food. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you know, in the last 10 years since I've had my health crisis, I've really changed my diet. I really, really looked at what is it I can eat that helps. I mean, fortunately, my husband's a fisherman. He has been his whole life, so we eat a lot of fish. Yay for that. I love it. Um, you know, the, people try and tell you that meat is bad for you, but you need iron. You mm. need choline. You need all the good things that you get Why from meat. Why do you meat. need iron? Well, a for... I, yeah, I know, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, a for to support your liver, to support healthy bone function, to, to support mm-hmm. healthy blood vessels because your mm-hmm. blood runs right through, you know, healthy heart function. Mm-hmm. Iron is a, is a cofactor. When I say co- when cofactor is... All of the enzymatics, so all the biological processes your body does every day mm-hmm. needs vitamins and minerals and cofactors. Mm-hmm. So there's your iron and your zinc and your copper and your selenium and your B vitamins, your vitamin D. Mm-hmm. All of those things are required for just making the body, all of those biological processes work. Mm-hmm. If you don't have them, if you don't get them from your food, those sorts of processes don't happen. Now, I, I know that years and years and years ago, uh, and I'm sure it's the same in Australia, uh, I, I, that uh, I think it was 1920 or 1930, somewhere around there, uh, the, they, the Department of Agriculture, I believe it was, in the United States did a study on the nutritional value of our crops. 
And they've been going down and down and down and down because as we've uh, industrialized, for lack of a better term, farming, uh, it's been great because we've produced more food and fed more people. But the challenge is when they uh, the farmers are running a business, okay, mm-hmm. you know they have to pay, feed their own families and pay their own bills. And you know when they grow the plants in the soil, uh, the fertilizers only have the nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. You know, which mm-hmm. that's what they're putting back in the soil. But the other 65, 70 vitamins, vitamins and minerals that are needed for our bodies are, you know, the soil is depleted. They're not in there anymore. So a lot of our plants don't have the vitamins and minerals they did 150, 200 years ago. And we're all somewhat, you know, uh, somewhat victims of like pica, you know, which is what women get, you know, when they're pregnant where yeah. the fetus is pulling all yeah. of their vitamins and minerals yeah. out. So what what do you do for, how do you help clients combat that problem when the food that's in the grocery store isn't even the best food for them? Um, eat more of it? No, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess fruit and vegetables, yes. It is, there is, there's a lot of evidence to say because of over, over farming that um, the you know, the fruits and vegetables we're not eating. You know, that's just one issue. You know, one of the issues is is that the soil contains a lot of remnants of pesticides and herbicides mm-hmm. and all those things. So then that, it, you know, can affect the quality of food. I mean, I guess the opportunity is is that we we buy local, we buy organic. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, a, some, there's some amazing ways. If you can't, you're getting more nutrients from a piece of broccoli that's got – that's less nutrient dense now than it was 20 years ago than if you're eating uh, McDonald's or KFC or not eating vegetables at all. Because mm-hmm. one of the th- biggest things that I find is that people just aren't eating vegetables. Mm. People are eating meat and potatoes mm-hmm. and carbohydrates, mm-hmm. rice, pasta, bread, mm-hmm. and they're using that to f- and using that to fill up their children. Kids are nutrient deficient because they have food. The parents don't introduce those vegetables when they're young, so then they don't eat them when they're older. So it's about how can we eat more of those? Mm-hmm. How can we get? And sometimes it, that might mean that if you're, you know, if you're nutrient deficient, how do you chop yourself up? There's a place in Adelaide that I haven't tried out yet. They do IV nutrient infusions. I'm mm-hmm. really excited about, you know, how can you, you know, boost your body? Well, that would be. What do you think about colloidal minerals? Because those aren't those supposed to be uh, absorbed by your body easier? Do you feel that's something that's worth? There is, at? there is, there is a lot of evidence for colloidal minerals and mm-hmm. how they can impact the body. I use a lot of supplemental, just minerals, mm-hmm. minerals and amino acids, the amino acids the body needs for its building blocks, mm-hmm. um, because I find that people are nutrient deficient, and the only. You, it takes a very long time to get enough nutrients. I mean, to get enough, you know, to get enough vitamin C out of a thing of broccoli, you'd have to eat like six cups of it three times a day for a month at least to get in, to get the nutrients up. So rather than that, for a short period of time, you, we do it supplementally. You, do, you, you, you take a – you can use a green powder. Use broccoli sprout powder. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's about educating people that know that the food is – not as nutrient dense, but it's better than eating processed food. The, bo- the the thing about processed food too is that all of those man-made, um, you know, chemicals aren't really that co- good for the for the insides. So that you know, and as we I've mentioned before, it's all about how the body absorbs them. 
Mm. So we got poor gut health for so many, so many reasons, um, including, you know, not enough nutrients, including stress, including lots of, you know, pesticides and chemicals in all the things we're absorbing. Um, and, you know, when, we're, when our gut's not healthy, then the rest of us is not going to be healthy, mm. and especially not our brain because we do know that the brain, the gut is the second brain of the body. Yeah. And they do communicate, you know, every, you know, every every single second of every single day. Mm. And I, I remember reading years and years ago that uh, the brain uses twenty percent of our calories, mm. even though it's two percent of our body weight. Mm. Um, so yeah, what you eat is really key to your mental performance. And and uh, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit uh, when we get back, among a host of other things. Listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. It's 6.33 and we're here with Marianne Bennett, who is going to hopefully change our lives for the better uh, and help us live longer and take better care of the ones we love. So, uh, Marianne, we were talking a little bit about, uh, uh, you know, the uh, nutrition, obviously, in the last session, as we have been the whole time. One thing I wanted to ask you is... Uh, the, uh, you know, a lot of doctors and Europeans specifically criticize Americans and I, I guess by extension Australians because we're very similar, not the same, but similar, uh, and say that, you know, all we do is we have expensive urine because we take all these vitamins and then and then every, we just pee it all out and that's why it's all bright yellow and all this and it doesn't do any good because we're not absorbing any of this stuff in our body. Is that your opinion on supplements and vitamins and things or do you think they're valuable? What's your, what, what do you think? I mean, I guess when it comes to vitamins, yes, there is no doubt that, you know, you do pee some of them out. I mean, you know, you take B vitamins, they're water-soluble, they'll be excreted. The body uses as much as it can at um, at the time that you're taking them. Does that mean you should just take them once and never take them again? No, because if you're deficient and your body's, your body's not going to um, absorb, it's not going to store them. With fat-soluble vitamins, the body stores them and then it keeps them there for the body's use. There's a little bit of B12 that's stored and made in the gut, but... The rest of it needs to be get gotten from food. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting it from food, where are you going to get it from? Mm. If you're deficient, the body's not going to function properly. So, you know, I guess with med, I guess I do find with the same as with medication, people will say, "Oh, I'm I don't want to change my diet. Just give me supplements." And I really have a sometimes I really have a problem with that. However, it can be the first step for to them to realise um, that, you know, they need to make a change. So I believe that everybody needs supplements mm-hmm. and supplements are the most amazing thing and the one the one of the most amazing things about supplements is they've been using them to treat to help people with mental health disorders in the US mm. since the nineteen forties mm. and helping people manage schizophrenia and all sorts of things. And if they could just do that here, that would be amazing. Tell us a little bit more about that. How how does uh, one's diet affect their mental health? And how does, you know, getting the right supplements, the right vitamins, the right minerals, the right uh, – how, how does that help somebody with mental health? I mean, give give some examples. Sell, sell the audience. Well, I guess what, what in, impacts our mental health, obviously, is our nutrition, but also mm-hmm. our neurotransmitters produced in our gut 
and in our brain, you know, you know, 60% of our neurotransmitters can, can come, be made in our gut, serotonin mm-hmm. particularly. Mm-hmm. And what, what, the, what that serotonin and those neurotransmitters need to be do, they need to be made, and, but then they need to be broken down. But they need to be made, and those are those biological processes that I talked about before. And those biological processes need vitamins and minerals to actually happen. So if we don't have the vitamins and minerals to help in the, those um, biochemical processes, we don't make neurotransmitters. We, we can have not enough neurotransmitters that can impact some types of anxiety and depression, but then we have some issues where we make too many neurotransmitters and we can't get rid of them, and then we other have other issues with mental, with mental health. Mm. So what specific foods can you, uh, do, or, or vitamins do you take to help with your mental health? B vitamins. Um, B vitamins are involved in many of those processes. Um, they're often included in a stress multi, and that's why, why we're, we're trying to help our, our brain. We're trying to help that. Um, omega-3s are amazing because what we need is we need, we need you know, fats for our brain. Our brain is actually about... 60% cholesterol mm. and it's lines the you know cholesterol lines our nerve linings that mm. sends our neurotransmitters all around our brain to help our, our brain function so if we don't have you know so some good omega 3s with some good healthy you know fresh fish and some good healthy salmon mm-hmm. um, some good fresh mediterranean diet with uh, olive oil and olives and and uh, um, uh, you know vegetables you know all of those things, nuts and seeds. Nuts and seeds contain a lot of omega, a lot of omega three. Mm. Um, so yeah, lots of just healthy, natural plant foods. Mm. Wow. Okay. So that's great. So just to recap real quick. So basically, your opinion on the vitamins and the minerals would be, uh, you know, the the argument that hey, you're just going to pee it out. Don't worry about it. Is basically, in your opinion, basically making the argument, hey, why should I take a bath? I'm just going to get dirty anyway. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's like, why clean my house? Because it's just the, yeah. it's just going to get dirty again. Yeah, and a lot of us bachelors have that attitude with our house, <laughs> but it's probably not the right one, and it's definitely not the right one with bathing. Probably, no. yeah. No. So that okay, so so that makes sense. Uh, now, tell us a little bit about. Uh, so you told us a little bit about mental health, how uh, the uh, vitamins can help you, uh, especially B vitamins and omega threes can help you. Uh, Mentally, what kind of foods, uh, you know, you, let's talk about dieting a little bit, you know, because a lot of people do these diets where, okay, I'm not going to eat any carbohydrates ever again. I'm not going to, you know, uh, I'm on this grapefruit diet that I eat grapefruits for the next six months or what. I mean, I don't know. But, you know, what do you think about all these kind of the, the different diets and how do you work with people that come to you and say, hey, I want to lose weight? I guess it when when it comes to losing weight is that you've got to ask why aren't they losing weight or why are they putting on weight because weight loss resistance or the inability to lose weight is the body telling you that there's something metabolically wrong. So most people have imbalance uh, med, metabolic uh, imbalance metabolically. So you know too high blood sugar. Um, so we've got to work out why they're not losing weight in the first place. I mean, is a lot of that diet? Yes, some of it can be, but a lot of it is more likely to be biochemistry. Um, One of the biggest things that causes, you know, an inability to lose weight, stress, you know, the the body, uh, you know, in, in days gone by when 
you know, when our ancestors got chased by saber-toothed tigers, we had that stress response to keep us safe. These days, our low levels of stress um, that are there constantly keep our body in that fight-flight mode. And when our, when our body's in fight-flight mode, our metabolism slows down because when you're getting chased by a saber-toothed tiger, you don't want to – your body doesn't care whether you're – whether you whether your metabolism is working so what we've got to do is we've got to get the body's metabolism working properly and in order to do that we've got to get them de-stressed and the majority of the people that i see have stress problems mm-hmm. and then then there's those that believe that there's you know that, that one diet is you know they've seen it on the internet or they've read it on dr google and dr google says well keto is good for me and then you know there's a there's a study that that said that um i read that Keto is great, works well for men. In fact, there's a doctor doctor in America that I follow and she said her and her husband both put on 10, 10 – I think she said 20 pounds. I don't know what it is in American or 10 kilos or something. And she said they went on the keto diet and her husband lost 20 kilos and she put on 10 more. Mm. And it's like – because metabolically, you know, men and women are different. So it's – That reminds me of a joke. My, I'm sorry I didn't interrupt. But my, it reminds me of a joke my father says about our family. We don't lose weight in our family. We just move it around. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. That's okay. So yeah, so I, I'm I'm all about um, individuality. So what one dot? There's no one size fits all diet, as far as I'm concerned. If you can get somebody metabolically healthy, if you can get them to understand that to love food, because what a lot of people hate food, like they think it's it's this evil thing that's making them fat. Mm-hmm. But in fact, what what's happening is it, it's their relationship with food. So. The reason why I trained in the hypnotherapy was because it's funny, it's it's amazing to meet people that have um, behaviours and beliefs around food that come from their childhood. I mean, from my childhood, we grew up grew up and we didn't eat vegetables much in our house. My mother didn't make us eat anything we didn't want to eat. However, you know, but. Um, and we didn't have a lot of food, you know, being growing up in growing up. We never hungry, but there was never an abundance. And, you know, I find that my clients have, you know, they they think food is evil and food is not evil. Food is there to do the amazing job of nourishing your body and when you nourish it properly. So cutting out carbohydrates is people think that that's the way that they lose weight. Well, however, the body needs carbohydrates for energy. So if the body doesn't have energy to run your metabolism, guess what's going to happen? You're going to slow down and you're probably going to put the weight on. I did read some statistics into into women and weight loss um, a couple of years ago and it, it said that um, most women will lose 5 to 10 kilos in 12 months but within 12 months they'll put on 50% and within five years they put on 150% of that weight. So it's is it sustainable? If you don't get your body healthy, weight loss is never going to be sustainable. Mm. It's interesting. A couple of things I, uh, that you mentioned are interesting. But first thing I want to say is, so one of the points you want us to carry away is that uh, weight loss or being at a healthy weight is a, is a lot of it is a mental issue. That's, is that, that's what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So, the, and you would suggest somebody working with, uh, if somebody's ch- struggling with that, working with uh, somebody to help them get the right mind frame about yeah. food. Okay, and then the, this uh, and another question I wanted to ask is: um, it's really I've always found it very interesting that some people, you know, a lot of people when they're in a stressful situation over a long period of time, 
they gain a lot of weight, you know, like they'll, and the stress creates the cortisol, the cortisol helps them store fat, so they get, they gain a lot of weight. Other people, though, when they're in a stressful situation, drop weight. What's going on there? Um, some of that could be to, be to do with, with uh, hormones and thyroid function, the metabolism. Your thyroid drives your metabolism. Mm-hmm. And you, when your, your thyroid's over-functioning, mm-hmm. the weight will drop off. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, if you're storing, you know, for, for most, most of us, you know, we can, our metabolism works fine until we, we hit our 30s or 40s and when we get 40 or 50 and then the weight stick keeps piling on. So I I'm, think it's all individual. Mm-hmm. What else is going on for that person? Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone's going to – is there other underlying hormonal drivers that means, means that, they're, that, they're, um, that their body's not losing weight? Mm. You know, most people have something going on metabolically. You mm-hmm. know, you can't stay metabolically healthy, you know, Unless you unless you're really really vigilant with your diet, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes it's you know we we love a we love a bit of wine or we love a love our wine in South Australia we love mm-hmm. our our local wines and you know we're 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 watching our diet but we're adding in the calories. Mm-hmm. So where are we doing what what aren't we doing you know what aren't we doing okay. what are we not telling our practitioners? Well, and then the other thing I you wanted to mention real quick we talked about. Uh, dropping some people want to drop carbohydrates, but I mean, isn't it the isn't the key really? Uh, you know, because there's three different carbohydrates, right? There's sugars. There's I'm, I'm going back to you know physiology and university, but there's sugars, there's starch, and then there's um, fiber, right? Mm-hmm. So it's basically the ratio of sugars to fiber that determines whether or not you know you're getting the the you're eating something like white bread where you get this big sugar rush and then all of a sudden you crash you know or you're getting something you know that's going to stretch out the energy longer can yeah. you talk a little bit about you know what kind of sh- uh carbohydrates are good for people mm-hmm. i mean obviously you need everything balanced but yeah. what's good i mean i guess when it comes to carbohydrates it's what type of carbohydrates one of the things that um, are containing carbohydrates, as you said. There's the sugar content, there's the starch, and whether that be soluble or insoluble fibre, so insoluble fibre, um, uh, you know, is good for creating roughage. But ha- or, or, And is it the fibre? Because where are we getting our carbohydrates from? If you're getting them from processed donuts, cakes, biscuits, white processed white bread where there's actual no nutrient no real grain all we're using is processed flour versus getting it from a bunch of broccoli Mm -hmm. or some potatoes Mm -hmm. or some cauliflower or some kale where are you getting your carbohydrates from if you're getting good quality carbohydrates from fruit and vegetables you're also getting those vitamins and minerals you're getting Mm -hmm. the fiber you're getting the all of the starches um, that you need not only to help with your nutrient content but to help you move everything through your body because one of the worst things you can do is have a lack of fibre in your diet and then the body's not moving things out like it should be and keeping the stuff in that you don't want, like those nasty toxins. <laughs> I'm sorry, that reminded me of another joke I heard years and years ago uh, about uh – uh, a, a dad was talking about how he's a great father because, 
you know, he he gave his kids chocolate cake for breakfast because it's he- so healthy. It's got eggs. It's got milk and chocolate cake. I mean, it's so healthy. But the mother wasn't impressed. The mom was not impressed at all. But on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back to wrap things up with some key points with uh, Mary Ann Bennett. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. We're back here with Mary Ann Bennett. And uh, in the little bit of time that we have left, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, the fact that I want to highlight the fact that you're an entrepreneur. You know, we haven't talked about that at all, but I want to take at least 60 seconds to talk about that. Um, Tell us why you started the business, how people can learn to hear hear about your business and maybe get some help. I guess... I've never run a business before, but I just passionate about helping. So for me, business going into business was about helping people. I uh, couldn't imagine not doing it now. I mean, my husband's retired. My husband's reti- been retired for four years, and he sits at home and looks after the house while I do it. So you know, you can contact me via my website, Adelaide Nutrition and Wellbeing dot com dot au. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I'm on Mary Ann Bennett on LinkedIn. Um, I really love to help people with their health. If you go to my website, you can click a link and you can book in for a free 30-minute chat and let's talk about your health where we can work out what it is I can help you with. And, and give us that website one more time. AdelaideNutritionAndWellbeing.com.au And you took yourself from somebody who was 50 years old and had fibromyalgia and, and uh, celiac disease and, I don't know, a host of other maladies to somebody who... You know what, I, I still call myself a work in progress because I really have to monitor. Mm-hmm. I have to be one of those people. Health with my, with my health and with a lot of people, it's not something I can drop the ball on. I need to keep on top of it. Mm-hmm. But I guess the, the message I want to let everyone know is that you are the one that is in control of what goes on with your health. Mm. Learn about your body. Learn about what's going on. And if you're not finding the answers from your doctor. If your doctor says everything's okay and you're not, because that's what happens. Most of the people that come to me, the doctor says, well, you're fine, there's nothing wrong with you, but they know they're not, get in contact. Whether it's me, whether it's another nutritionist, whether it's a natural health practitioner, find someone who can, who, who is willing to actually take the time to look at what and look into what is going on with you and find the answer because that's what I did. I spent the time to look into what was going on with me and find the answers. And when I had the answers, I knew I then knew how I had to live and what I had to do to keep myself healthy for the rest of my life. And it's not that hard. Mm. So basically you're saying – you're not saying don't listen to doctors. No. You're, what you're saying is they're just one of many tools yeah. that you can use for yeah. your health. And each of us is responsible to try to use every tool that we can uh, to take care of ourselves the best as we can so we can uh, you know, live a happy life and also maybe even more importantly – uh, take care of the ones that love us and yeah. that we love. Yeah. I mean, I guess one of the things that I have noticed is that in Australia we accept that chronic illness is part of getting old. Well, mm. I call that's not true. Mm. Everybody has the opportunity. 
you know, not everyone, you know, if you have got a lifestyle, a chronic illness, that's something long term, it's not a life threatening illness, there's something going on underneath. You you just haven't found it. It's and it's possible to have a healthier life. Are you going to get rid of all the diseases you got? Possibly not. But are you you're going to learn how to manage them better so you can have get more energy, feel better, and be able to be there for the family? Because when I was sick, I couldn't be there for my family. So don't and don't leave it too long because there are answers out there. The longer you leave it, the harder it is to actually get better. And if you think about it, I mean it, I mean people spend, you know, like like Mark, he loves he loves uh, horse racing. And I and I don't know a lot about horse racing, but I do know that if they've got a thoroughbred, okay, who's worth a million bucks, okay? Uh, they don't let him stay up all night eating junk food and smoking cigars. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> they've got somebody that's given him the perfect food, you know, the perfect massages, the perfect nutrition, the perfect vitamins and all of this. And why would we take care of a horse or our dog or make sure we put the expensive fuel in our car and then put garbage in us? We're our most important asset. That's that's what I think. Any any uh, one quick last word in the few seconds we have left here? I agree totally. You know, you know, if you take away the the. Exchange we for ill il you get illness from wellness. So mm. there's only that little bit, little bit of difference. It's all invest in your health because health is wealth. Mm. You don't know what you've got until you lose it, and right. if you lose your health, you got nothing, mate. Well, with well on that on that powerful note, we're going to say thank you again, Mary. And for coming out, and we're going to say thanks to Mark Aston for paneling for us. And as always, I'm gonna, I want to thank you for listening, and I want to leave you with a brief inspirational message. We usually discuss inspiration and motivation that we learn from other people, but today I'm going to try to do something a little bit different. I was reading to my three-year-old son the other night, like I do most nights, and this time it was a book about animals from around the world. And it made me think about what we can learn from the animal kingdom. The first animal I want to talk about are fleas. How do you train fleas? I don't know if you're aware of this, but flea circuses used to be a big deal back in the days of wooden ships and iron men. And the way they train fleas is they put them in a little jar, they put it or a container of some sort. They put a lid on the container, and the flea jumps up and goes bam, and hits his head on the top and goes ow. And then he falls back down. Then he jumps back up and goes, ow, and hits his head again. Then he jumps back up, bam, hits his head and goes, ow. And then after a while, the flea learns, don't jump that high or you're, they're going to bang their head. So they stop jumping that high. And eventually you can take the, the lid off the jar and the fleas will not jump out of the jar. It's the same way they train elephants. Elephants are obviously a lot smarter and one of the smartest animals in the animal kingdom. What they do is when the elephant is a small baby... They take a huge, huge, huge thick chain. They put it around the elephant's leg. They sink a huge stake into the ground and they connect the other end of the chain to that big stake or trunk or whatever. Uh, and then the baby elephant man, he does not like being tied up. He'll pull and pull and pull and pull on that chain, but he can't break it. He'll pull for weeks and months. And eventually, one day, he just kind of realizes he can't do it. And he might pull once, uh, you know, one, he or she might pull once in a while, a little bit here and a little bit there. But you can tell their heart's not into it. 
When that happens, then the trainer will take a little bit thinner chain and will put it on the stake that's stunk into the ground and the elephant. And they'll still try to pull it once in a while, but they don't try too hard. This goes on for a period of months and years. And eventually, the elephant gets to the point where a little skinny girl in a bikini in the circus is holding a small uh, rope. And the elephant is running around her in a circle because they think they can't break that rope. Which, of course, they could send that woman flying all the way across the circus tent if they wanted to. But they don't believe they can. We do that ourselves. We do this in relationships. We do this in our businesses. And we do this with our goals where we think, man, I can't do that. I tried and tried and tried. I can't do it. And we just give up instead of trying a different way. So the first thing we learn from the animal kingdom is don't be a flea. Second thing I want to talk about is I was thinking about was crabs. Most fishermen know that if you put one crab into a pot or a bucket, it will escape. But if you put two into a bucket, you don't even need to put a lid on it because they will both fight to get out and will be knocking each other down. They don't cooperate. They never cooperate. And one will actually pull the other one down. And it's just like your mama said, don't be crabby. You've got to focus on working together with other people and you've got to focus on doing what's best for the team and eventually it will be best what's for you. And the last animal that I was thinking about was the wildebeest. Wildebeest are huge antelope-like creatures in Africa. And they've become, for some reason, lions have figured out that they want to prey on wildebeest because for some strange reason, wildebeest have evolved in such a way. They will, they will fight and kick and struggle and run until a lion grabs them by the throat. And for some strange reason, they immediately stop fighting when they're grabbed by the throat. They'll charge a lion if they're not grabbed by the throat. They'll run from a lion if they see one. But once they're grabbed by the throat, they will stop. The lion doesn't even rip their throat out. It suffocates them, which takes a couple minutes. And during this process, the wildebeest will not fight. And being a predator is a tough job, man, because if you get hurt, you can't hunt anymore and you're done. So that's why lions like wildebeest, because when things get the toughest near the end, what do they do? They just give up. So what do we learn from wildebeest? Don't be one. And what have we learned from this? Well, as always, we know there are two kinds of people listening to now. There are the kind of people like fleas who think they couldn't do it before. I guess I shouldn't try again. Even if I try a different way, I won't be successful. They're the kind of people that like like the crabs that let other people drag them down. And then there are wildebeests who give up when things are the toughest. And then there are the kind of people who say, I'm not going to give up just because it didn't work last time. Maybe I could try a different way or at least I'm going to try again. The kind of people that don't let other people drag them down. The kind of people that work with others to succeed and the kind of people that will fight until the end. The question is, which one are you?